How do you experience gender expression? And how would you describe your gender expression now? What I always say to anyone where this kind of topic comes up is that gender expression and gender identity are two very different things. Um, so, like, you can be a cis person, like, you can be a cis guy and want to wear dresses and makeup, and that doesn't mean that you're not a cis guy. Um, you could also then realise that you are trans, but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you wanting to present a certain way. Um, and for me, I wouldn't call my gender expression particularly masculine, but I don't really like using the words masculine or feminine. Um, a lot of people, when they see me, like, dressed the way I dress, um, they would call it feminine, but I... I don't see it as feminine I just see it as kind of artsy and like stylish and a bit glamorous I don't it's a powerful statement I think how you dress now I know that there's certain things which I wouldn't I wouldn't um I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing skirts or dresses um except maybe if I was like dressing up as a character on Halloween or something like that but in general I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing skirts or dresses but um, I wear like crop tops and like mostly shop women's clothes and um, lots of jewelry. And I don't wear like makeup makeup, but like I wear a bit of like sparkly stuff on my face. Um, and yeah, I, I can see how that could be seen as or described as feminine, but personally, I just don't really like using those words, feminine and masculine. So what do you see when you look at yourself in the mirror, dressed up for to, to go out for the evening, what do you see? I just see someone who looks quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, it's also it's quite funny and interesting because like there was like a period of time where I just completely passed, like as no one questioned whether I could be anything other than male um, and use anything other than he him pronouns. Um, it was especially like after my surgery, before I kind of started exploring style and um, gender expression more, when I was just kind of wearing ordinary clothes like a t-shirt and jeans or a t-shirt and joggers, and I was just like, no one ever questioned anything. But like, it's quite interesting seeing like as I've been presenting more, just not feminine, just like more like wearing more stylish clothes, dressing up a bit more. Um, like I have had people since then like at work and just like in general ask me what my pronouns are and I can't speak for what their thought process is but I feel like they're thinking like they think I'm an AMAB person who might use they them or something Mm -hmm. you know I don't feel like they they're asking because they think I'm a trans guy They, they can't quite work you out yeah maybe and how does that feel? I don't really mind it. No? No, because I think most people will assume that I'm AMAB and most people will assume I'm a guy. So I don't really mind. <laughs> so does that mark a, an important stage in your transition? Yeah, definitely. That you feel comfortable wearing clothes that others might, because of their own kind of binary view on clothes, yeah. <laughs> might might describe to be feminine Uh, clothes you don't really care anymore because you know who you are you know that you pass and 
why does everything have to be about gender? Is yeah. that a fair description? Exactly, yeah. But that's a privilege of mine to be able to think and feel that way because I do pass now, you know? And a lot of... Because um, a lot of trans people experiment with gender expression like much earlier on in a transition and it makes it much more difficult for them to pass and um, they don't necessarily have the privilege of feeling completely comfortable in the way they want to dress and want to express themselves because it automatically means that they won't get gendered correctly if you know what I mean and you know we've we've talked about points in your own transition and also in your sisters where passing is the one and only thing that really matters yeah, yeah and I suppose if you're transitioning and you're at that point where you're just desperate to pass you might um, inhabit a, a, a kind of a, a starkly binary gender expression yeah um, even if that as you've proven might not be the real you purely to kind of shout loudly this is the gender well, identity yeah. that I have like there was a period of my transition like quite early on um, I say transition like social transition mm-hmm. not not um, medical so we're um, talking Thailand or Jordan Jordan okay um, and where like I have my hair very short, like shaved size and pretty short on top as well. And was like wearing like just kind of quite dark monotonous colours, like hoodies and trousers basically most of the time. Um, And yeah, like trying to dress and act and look like as masculine as possible. And I still wasn't like getting gendered correctly in public because the voice and my face, I guess, looked feminine. Something which I'm only noticing more now, like looking at old photos of myself back then and like what I look like now is how much my face has changed. I don't know if it's age or hormones or a mixture of both. Um... I feel like it is a mixture of both because your face does change just with age. Um, but then also, I don't think I noticed at first how much the hormones were changing my face shape and stuff like that. Yeah. No, and I think those around you, again, if they're around you all the time, wouldn't notice those changes either. Yeah. You, you mentioned there about photos. It's been really interesting for me to look at um, how your comfort or discomfort um, in looking at photos of yourself when you were younger has changed over the years. How, how do you feel now looking at photos of when you were now, younger? Now I don't think there's any stage where I would feel uncomfortable looking at a photo of myself. Um, but I I wouldn't want like photos of where I'm obviously not presenting male and no one would look at me and think I was male. I don't want those photos being kind of public mm. just because I'm quite, I'm at the stage now where I have the privilege where I don't have to disclose that I'm trans to anyone, you know, because people don't know immediately. And I can just, dis- I can choose to disclose it to people who I feel safe with, you know. So it's like, I feel comfortable looking at photos of myself back then. More recently, like I've shared photos of myself with very close friends just because I find it funny, <laughs> you know. Um, but. I I have the privilege of like because I pass and get gendered correctly in public I get to choose who knows I'm trans you know so you have uh, agency yeah 
Is that really important to you? Yeah, it is, yeah. I think you mentioned earlier on about how at, at times in your early social transition, you kind of flirted with different gender expressions for different purposes when you were trying to figure it all out. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, like, uh, right at the start of my, like, what I consider my transition, like when I cut my hair, basically, I was trying to look as masculine as possible. But then there was also a period of time after that, before I started hormones, where I tried um, experimenting a bit more with not necessarily masculine stuff, um, like eyeliner and... Um, like crop tops I think as well but that didn't last very long because I realized this just I can't pass like this you know and um, yeah that was a struggle and I remember in Thailand shortly before um, we left um, so when you were in your kind of your when your your authentic gender identity was in its hibernation phase uh, I remember you, you said that you were trying almost to dress as female as possible or because it helped to maintain the illusion. Is that the right way to describe it? I wouldn't say maintain the illusion, but like just it trying to be as far from what I wanted to be presenting as as possible made it easier to keep that separation. But then it was also I didn't I wasn't sticking by that the whole time because towards the end of my time in um, Thailand, I remember I bought a leather jacket, mm-hmm. um, and it was the first thing I ever, like it wasn't the first like clothing item that I'd owned was that was from the male section because I used to like wear hand me downs sometimes, but like it was the first thing that I bought for me that was from the male section, which felt like a huge thing at the time, which I find funny now because now I mainly buy from women's section, but um and like. I bought that and also a, a, like a flannel shirt from the men's section and all that and then was um, kind of wearing that kind of stuff. So it was a mixture towards the end, I think. I remember you mentioning to me recently that earlier on in your um, wider transition, um, you your kind of perception of self was so strong um, that you almost assumed other people saw you as you saw yourself. Can you can you say a bit more about that? Yeah, like back then, because like I would look in, especially in the period of time where I was like presenting very masculine, but even the period of time after that where I was exploring other gender expressions, because like when I looked at myself in the mirror, all I could see was a guy. Mm-hmm. I was confused whenever people would gender me incorrectly. Like, back then I was, like, properly confused because I didn't get it because looking at myself, I just saw a guy. Mm. But um, now, like, looking at photos of me back then, I would have been surprised if people had gendered me correctly, you know? Just because... Um, and knowing, like, remembering what my voice sounded like back then as well. Um, and just what my face looked like and all that. Like, it... um. I don't know if this is a thing which other trans people experience as well. Just kind of having such a, like, just... Because you know strongest who you are and how you identify more than anyone else. So it it's confusing when everyone around you doesn't see that, 
I think. It's because I know that I'm really kind of young and, and, and attractive and it's confusing to me when other people don't see see that as well. When no one sees it. Thank you very much. Um, what are the most important facets of your identity now? Is it being male, being trans, being gay, being something else entirely? What what do you is at the forefront of your of what it means to be you, your identity now, do you think? I don't think it's any of that really. I mean the gay thing, I don't even know if I am gay. <laughs> I don't I, sexuality I think when you um when you go through the process of transitioning from like transitioning and you know realizing that your gender is different to what you initially thought mm-hmm. after you've gone through all of that sexuality seems such a like um what's the word i'm looking for the trivial thing. trivial yeah trivial thing like it yeah i know yeah so i i don't really know what sexuality i am but i also don't really care because it doesn't really matter you know like i will just um yeah <laughs> so do you think labels have become less important the more um confident and comfortable you feel in your own skin yeah i think so um but yeah to me being trans or being male like aren't huge aspects of my identity just because i know i'm a guy and that and because everyone else knows now as well and everyone like just sees that when they look at me and because i'm at that stage it's not really important anymore um i'd say the bigger parts of my identity now is more like art and like being an artist yeah let's come on to that actually because that'd be really interesting but before we do the if i think back to what makes jack jack most of the things haven't changed since you were one mm. you know this kind of chaotic creative person who who was just kind of brimming with kind of quirkiness and and the unconventional you know um stubbornness to the point of um fury and frustration but also uh betraying a really clear idea of what you want and what you don't want and that again runs the whole way through um being not lazy because i see you being more industrious and more hard working than most people i've ever met but only if it's absolutely what you really want to do yeah. and if you don't frankly you can't be asked and that was pretty much the case when you were one yeah. just like it is now i think yeah that is definitely a big part of my personality because like if I don't see something as being important to me or interesting to me, then I can't make myself do it because mm-hmm. there's, I just don't see the point. Um, which is kind of why I didn't end up doing A-levels in the end. Cause by the time I'd found art and that was the thing, yeah. it just seemed so pointless. Um, but um, then when it's something which I am passionate about and I'm interested in and do want to do, um, I can be working on it for days on end, you know? And those qualities have transcended and superseded, uh, gender they've yeah. just been about who is jack yeah it'd be very interesting um if you end up having uh kids when you're older um standing by as a as a um, onlooker and seeing you talk to them about how tidy their bedroom is as well because that's been a a feature of, of what it means to be jack for, for the last 20 years would you say yeah yeah What I was going to ask, kid, what what role has your art played in discovering who you really are? Well, um, I was just kind of thinking about this just because, like, um, spending so long figuring out gender and then spending even longer 
making it so that everyone else acknowledged that part about me too kind of didn't give me like took away the time of figuring out who I am other than that Mm -hmm. um so it was kind of art which helped me figure out that other like who I am beyond um can you tell tell us more how well yeah it just kind of is like it gave me kind of a purpose and like made me figure out what I want to do with my life you know um and kind of figure out my future so when when people have seen you or got to know you for the first time in recent years oftentimes it's been jack the artist it's been your instagram um handle it's been um the the work that you've created or the exhibitions you've been um uh shown in i don't want people to see me and think oh yeah he's that trans guy i don't want people to introduce me as that trans guy and i don't want people unless I've given them my consent to do so, to share my being trans with anyone who I don't know, you know? But you've been brave and comfortable talking um, in these conversations. That's that's a pretty big deal. That's pretty I th- public. I think it's important for um, teachers and maybe other trans students to kind of hear what I've gone through, especially teachers and, like, leaders of schools and... Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and what you've gone through, but also where you've got to. Yeah. Um, as a result of that. Yeah. How important is it? You talk about kind of therefore, I suppose, changing minds and and bringing a new understanding to something really complex. How important is it to you to be an advocate and, in particular, an activist for trans rights? What part do you play in trans activism? It's hard that because, like, I think I find activism easier when it isn't as close to home. Because when, like, when I've tried to get involved in trans activism specifically, and like, like whether it's online stuff or like going to protests, it just feels way too personal and emotional, and it really affects me badly because <laughs> it makes me really see and acknowledge the fact that there's a long way to go for trans rights and it's really scary so I struggle with getting super involved in trans activism because I find it too um too raw raw yeah um I when I went to the um protests outside the LGB alliance conference I was frustrated and angry and scared and sad for like weeks afterwards you know like it really took a toll on me um so I struggle with that. You've had a complex relationship with trans pride as well, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't go. Why? Um, like same reason I think, because it's because it's more of a protest than a celebration. Because it has to be. Mm. It's scarier for me because it's like acknowledging and think having to properly think about um how scary and bad it is for trans people, which it's easier to not think about. And kind of, I, I wish that I could get more involved in like activism for trans stuff, but I just find it too emotionally difficult. And looking back at the things that you have had to grapple with and the successes you have had in only twenty years, I think you've come an awfully long way and you've achieved a hell of a lot. Do you think that when uh, trans pride is 
precisely that, trans pride. It'll be a safer, more comfortable space. Yeah, but then as soon as it becomes that, it will then become commercialised and all about capitalism and which companies can profit off showing their support and all that. So then it's like, you can't really win, can you? Have you ever engaged in um, online discussions about uh, trans rights? Um, And have you ever, um, you know... Been fought. blocked by a turf. Yeah, been blocked <laughs> by a turf or, or had an unsuccessful or successful um, argument with um, somebody who just doesn't get it. Uh, I've had many unsuccessful arguments with people who don't get it. Right. I've had, I have had successful discussions with people who don't get it, but those aren't turfs. They're kind of, they're, it's basically like men on dating apps who don't really know what being trans is and uh, say something a bit ignorant and then if I have the energy to do so, um, like explaining stuff to them and they kind of get it eventually, you know. If they're not finding you a curiosity or yeah. if they're not fetishizing you, I suppose. Well, most of them are. Right. But um, I find that easier to deal with. And, and how do you deal with that? I just ignore it. Right. You know. Um, and yeah, because the thing is, there's always going to be people who fetishize something which seems different or exotic or whatever. Um, yeah, but with um, with TERFs, which is the biggest problem in the UK and which is a problem all over the world, to be honest, um, it's a lot more difficult. And that's the kind of, that's all been all my unsuccessful <laughs> arguments with people. Um, like sometimes on Twitter, um, sometimes um, just on other social media, uh, once or twice in person. Like, have you been blocked by JK Rowling yet? I haven't. I haven't tried to um, reply to any of her tweets, but I have been blocked by some other TERFs and members of the LGB Alliance. Um, yeah. So there's more to achieve then. <laughs> yeah, there's more to achieve. It would be cool to be blocked by JK Rowling. <laughs>